need forgiveness this morning, then go to the cross. Do you need a reminder that the Father loves you? Then go to the cross. Do you need a reminder that the Father is for you, that he likes you? Then go to the cross. Do you need a reminder that you're accepted by the Father? That your sin is paid for through Christ? Then go to the cross. And we're going to do that. We're going to have a time of silent confession where you can go to the cross, be honest with your dad about your sin. So let us go now. glad to see you guys this morning. Um, when, when we started Village Church back in 2008, we had 13 families, and we met right here in our sanctuary in the Bible study, and one of those families that was with us in the beginning was Karen and Phil Olin, and their little girl, Katrina, and they are moving uh, to Kentucky in a few weeks, and I got to say, I hate to see them go, uh, but we're going to pray for them uh, today as one of our family members are, are moving on, that God is calling them to a different place, and so as, the, as a body, as their family members, we're going to pray over them, and so I would like to call the Olin family forward, and when they come forward, I ask anyone who wants to come up to, the, to this area, we're going to lay our hands on them and pray over them. join me as we pray for our brother and sister. Father God, I thank you so much for Phil and Karen. Thank you for their humble service to our church and all the ways they helped us out every Sunday morning and all the encouragement they have brought to each of us in their ministry here. And as you call them on to a different calling, we pray your blessings over them. We send them off with our prayers over them and knowing that you are going to take care of them. And we thank you for that daughter, Katrina, that you be with her and provide for her, Lord. And I pray you lead them to a good church, a good church family. And they are going to be missed by us greatly. And But we know, Lord, that you are a good God and they are in good hands with our Father. And so I pray uh, for everything that needs to work out, the logistics and the housing and that all that stuff will work itself out. And I pray for their marriage. You continue to keep it strong. Continue to, I pray for their health. You continue to keep them healthy. And again, Father, 
We send them off with your blessing and pray that you will bless them and sustain them. In Jesus' name. If you have your uh, Bible, please open it to the book of Ruth, chapter 3. Last week, we saw a turning point in the life of, of Naomi. We saw hope arise within her soul for the first time since she came to Bethlehem. She said, the Lord hasn't quite walked, on us, walked out on us after all. He still loves us in bad times as well as good. God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. He still loves us in bad times as well as good. Naomi took the news from Ruth as a sign that that Yahweh had not forsaken her or abandoned her. The news that the Lord led her to Boaz's field, the news that she found favor in the eyes of Boaz. Naomi saw that the Lord guided Ruth's steps here. The Lord's kindness, his kindness, sparked an array of hope within her, and it was hope of possible redemption for her and for Ruth through Boaz. And this kindness that the Lord extended to, to her gave her confidence to now take initiative. Gave her confidence to now step out and move. This human initiative that we're going to see her take in chapter 3 held down a spot on the trail of her life. So here's God's word. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose women you were with? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your dress, and go down to the threshing floor. Do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lay down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. So she went down through the threshing floor and did as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lie down. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman led his feet. And he said, Who are you? She answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter, for you have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Pray with me.
Lord, as we come to your scriptures, as we come to your holy truth, we ask that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, would take what is preached and apply it to my heart and to the hearts of everyone that's here. And as I often pray, Lord, you know what we need. You know what each person is dealing with. And Spirit, we need you to meet those needs this morning. We need you to give a word of encouragement to those who need it, a word of uh, a good word from you. Some of us may need a rebuking, so I pray for the Spirit you would do that too. So whatever we need to hear, you will let them hear it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. The Lord's kindness gave Naomi the confidence to take initiative, to step out and to move. And this is first seen in her initiative to seek rest for Ruth. This initiative taken by Naomi was to seek the rest that she prayed for Ruth back in chapter 1. Do you remember what she prayed for her back in chapter 1? If you haven't forgotten, when they were getting ready to part ways, she says, May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me and with the dead. The Lord grant that you may find rest. Each of you in the house of her husband. You see, when she prayed this prayer, she wanted the Lord to answer it by giving Ruth, a husband, in Boaz from her own people. She, she could not envision this prayer being answered by Yahweh in Bethlehem. But now, she was beginning to see that it is. She, she's beginning to see that, 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 that the Yahweh's ways are always bigger and greater than her own. That he is a God who works exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can imagine or even pray. Naomi knew that it was not by chance that Ruth found favor in Boaz's eyes. It wasn't by chance that she came to his particular field to work. Those are not accidents. Those are the Lord's working. The Lord is at work there. He's moving. It was the Lord's doing. And the Lord's actions and his kindness sparked her to now take initiative, to make a move. One Christian says, human action sometimes even replaces divine action sometimes. Nevertheless, there's a limit to human initiative. Human initiative is futile without the divine blessing of action. Human initiative is futile without divine blessing of action. You see, Naomi's initiative is what? It's a response to what Yahweh has already done for her. Do you see that? She's responding to the goodness that he showed to them by leading Ruth to Boaz's field, by, by, assuring, by Boaz showing Ruth kindness. She takes that as the Lord's work, and she sees it as an opportunity granted to her by the Lord. And she didn't waste no time either. She turned right into matchmaker. Matchmaker mode. What did she tell Ruth? I must secure a home for you that you would be well taken care of. She was going to seek rest for her. And this rest is what she wanted for her was marriage. She didn't want her to be a widow for the rest of her life. She wanted Ruth to once again to enjoy the benefits that would come from marriage. Remember the benefits I talked about. What was it for for Israelite woman? Protection, stability, security, provision. That's what the marriage relationship would give to her. 
things that she lost when her husband passed away. And from Naomi's point of view, Boaz was that man. The Lord had provided. Look at what she tells her to do. Look at what she tells her in verse 2. Boaz was a close relative, a redeemer. Ruth was working with his women in the harvest. Those are not accidents. He's a relative of ours. And you even working with his women. Do you think that's by accident or chance? The Lord has given us the opportunity, provided. And this night, he'll be working. This night, he'll be working. And Naomi didn't waste any time. She took initiative for the needs in her life because she saw the goodness of the Lord was working on her behalf. In verses 3 and 4, she made preparations. They come up with a plan. And what do you think about these words? Let me read them to you. What did she say? Wash, therefore, anoint yourself, put on your dress, and go down through the threshing floor. Was this her jumping ahead of the Lord? Should she just have stayed it there and waited for Boaz to approach them? Why did she take this initiative? She was helping herself by making the most of what the Lord had provided. Take a bath, Ruth. Take a bath. You've been working in the field all day. Take a bath. Put some perfume on. Go get your nice dress and go get your man. That's basically what she tells her. (laughs) If you want to look at it in just plain English, go get your man. You ain't got to pick up a commentary to see what she's telling her to do here. (laughs) Go get your man. Make no mistake, she's telling her, go pursue Boaz. You go pursue him. The, the, the message translation of this verse says, maybe it's time to make our move. And they did. Ruth gave, Naomi gave Ruth detailed instructions on what she wanted her to do. Detailed instructions on how she wanted her to pursue him. Verse 4. It said, do not make yourself known to the man till he finish eating and drinking. And when he lies down, Observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. What in the world she want her to do? Now, when you read that, you're like, what is that? I mean, is that some, some cultural thing there? Uncover his feet, lie down beside him, don't make yourself known? I mean, what is Naomi really trying to get her to do here? Now, when I'm reading this, that's what I'm asking myself. Now, you may be different than me, but I'm like, what is this? What does she want her to do? What is uncover the feet and lie down mean? Is this seduce him? Is this some type of sexual contact? What is this? It's neither. The, the line at his feet presented her as a humble, humble practitioner seeking his protection. It was a sign of dependence. It, it was her way of saying, I'm available to you for marriage, not for a cheap thrill. You see, you, you, you got to see Naomi's words here in the context of her intentions to get Ruth married. That's their intent. All these preparations, the taking a bath and putting on the dress, all that was for one purpose, to get him to marry her. That was the purpose, not for a one-night stand. She wasn't going to seduce him to do it. He had a responsibility to do it. Why? Because he's a redeemer. That's why. 
Now, what about you? When the Lord gives you opportunities, what do you do with them when it comes to meeting the needs in your life? Let me put it this way. Does the Lord's kindness spark you to take initiative for the needs in your life? Because he's been good to us all. Whatever need that you have, he's providing you, providing for that need in some form or fashion. But what are you doing with that? Because when you, when you see the Lord at work, it, it doesn't make you passive and non-responding. It, it should make you proactive. It should give you confidence to, to step out in faith and move. Many of you are familiar with the Bible verse that can't be found in the Bible? You know what I'm talking about, right? God helps those who help themselves. A friend of mine on, on Facebook posted a reversal of that statement. It says, God helps those who can't help themselves. But Christian, those of you who know Jesus, those of you who have seven faith in Jesus, which of those statements are true? Which is true? It's congregation participation now. Which one is true? Does God help those who help themselves? Or does God help those who can't help themselves? Huh? It's both. You say, well, why is that both? Because God's work is not based upon what we do. He helps us when we're helping ourselves, and he helps us when we can't help ourselves. Because there are times when you can't help yourself. And he still is at work. Both are also true because divine action, human initiative, are both at work in this world, in your life, and it's clearly seen right here in the book of Ruth. You can't read this book and not see God at work and human responsibility at work, all working together for the purpose here. You see it. It's written here. You see his work here. You see him moving here. And he's always, that's how real life works itself out. Life is not a systematic theology text. (laughs) This is life. This is how God, he works through the natural things of life, not rocks from heaven. Situations which you think are just coincidental or God's work, him moving on your behalf. What do you think Naomi was doing here? She was helping herself. (laughs) That's what she was doing. She was helping herself. I don't want to be a widow. I got to get you taken. I got to get you married off. I got to make sure you're taken care of. And, and Boaz seems to be the man the Lord has provided. Now you get down to that threshing floor. <laughs> and let him know that. You say, what's spiritual about that? Well, she's just being responsible. Is what she's doing. A response to the, what the Lord has already done. That's what she sees it as. The Lord provided this. Remember what she said. The Lord hasn't quite walked, on us, walked out on us after all. He still loves us in bad times and as well as good times. And so in light of that fact, that's a turning point for her. That statement is what made her do this. Take this initiative. And so she prepared Ruth to go get her man. And what did Ruth say? All that you say, I will do. Now, Ruth is going to show initiative to implement the plan. In verses 6 and 7, we see that she actually goes through the threshing floor. And we can see Ruth. She follows. She takes her advice. She takes her advice and instructions, and she does it. 
She went there. She kept herself from being noticed. She saw Boaz eat and drink from a distance, and his heart was merry. And she finally saw the place where he went to sleep. And then, like a female ninja, she came softly, tiptoeing to the place where he fell asleep, uncovered his feet. She laid down. And don't forget, that's, that's not a one-night stand. It's her saying, I'm available to you for marriage. And so as the evening progressed, the midnight hour came, the text said, the man was startled. Now, who did that? Yahweh did that. Again, Yahweh at work here as well. He turned over, a woman at my feet. Who is this? He was surprised. He didn't know who she was. And he said, who are you? <laughs> she said, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. She didn't waste any words. Her intentions were clear. She was proposing to Boaz. That's a proposal. You know, that's unusual for some of you. It's like the woman proposing to the man, but that's a marriage proposal. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. It's her asking him, take me as your wife, for you are a redeemer. What was his response? He prayed that the Lord would bless her for, for this particular kindness toward him. He says she didn't pursue young men, whether rich or poor. This last kindness was greater than the, her first kindness that she showed to her mother-in-law. And even this kindness was going to benefit Naomi. You know how? What did Naomi lose when she lost her two sons? What else did she lose? There would be no heir. The family line died when those two sons died. But here, this marriage gave her an heir. And we know that what that heir led to, King David. Realize that, right? King David will come through whatever, with, with this family that placed place here. So we see, like we said, we never know what comes out or what the Lord is doing. David, King David, came from this marriage here that's going to take place. Boaz was impressed with Naomi, very impressed. He says, for all my fellow townsmen know you are a worthy woman. So we know with that statement that this is not just some one-night stand, that they have character, integrity. All my townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. One author says of this, it says, she is a bride worth winning. A bride worth winning. Husband, hope you see your bride as such. Not in the past tense, but in the present tense. That she's still worth winning. So Boaz told her, do not fear. Do not fear, my daughter. I will do all that you ask me. He was going to spread his wings over her. He was going to cover her. The spreading of his wings was going to be the symbol of rest that Naomi wanted for her. The protection, the provision, the civility, the security. I'll do all that you ask me to do. I'll cover you. One Christian says, Boaz's covering of Ruth with his garment implements Yahweh's protective covering of her. You got to see that here. Through Boaz, this is God's working. This is him covering her. Their marriage was going to be the means by which Yahweh protected Ruth. And at the same time, pay her in full for her past kindness. God worked here, not by direct intervention, but within righteous human acts. 
That's Boaz's function in this story. That through him, Yahweh was taking care of Ruth and Naomi. Divine actions, human initiative, always work together. And I hope each of you realize that in your own life, the Lord sometimes worked the same ways. Human righteous acts. When you go to a brother and sister for godly counsel, do you implement the counsel they give? Or are you going to meet with the pastor or the deacons or the elders? Is it your t- intent to do so? I'm not talking about bad counsel. I'm talking about godly counsel that the Lord gave you through another brother or sister for your marriage, for whatever it is you're dealing with. What do you do with it? Do you take it or are you just going through the motions to say what people want you to say? Do you take it? Remember, the Lord often works within human righteous acts through one another, through other people, to help his people. I often hear people say, well, I need the Lord to show up. I need Jesus to show up right now. I need him. And I ask them, what do you actually think is happening when the church shows up at your door? You think it's an accident that you're here this morning? (laughs) Do you? What is that? It's the Lord's answering that prayer for you. Working on your behalf. What are you doing with the help he's providing you? I say step out and take initiative for the needs in your life. And one of the things I'm learning here is in ministry. I haven't been in ministry long, but I'm learning a lot. Is, is that other people are not responsible for our irresponsibility. They're not. Other people are not responsible for your irresponsibility. Other people can't feel for you. Other people can't hurt for you. Other people are not responsible for meeting your needs in your life. Other people can't fight for your life for you if you don't want to fight for it. That's one, that's one of the biggest thing I'm learning right there. Because I have a tendency to try to fight for another person's life, but you know what? They don't want to fight for it. you got to fight for it. But what we do is we walk alongside of one another. But you know what? We all have to carry our own load. That's what Paul says. We all have to carry our own load. So there is an issue. There is responsibility that we all still have. And you look at this table, for example. This table, a picture of the gospel. It's a reminder of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. It's a reminder of the Father's initiative. The cross was his initiative. And what, did he, what was that initiative? Him, him making a way in which sinful people like me and you could be made right with him. Now let me ask you, if, even though that's the case, can I come to this table any way I want to? Can I? But he loves me. But there's grace, right? Can I just come any kind of way? Can I just come any kind of way to the table? That's a reminder of the gospel, but can I just come in an unworthy manner? But he loves me. But there's grace, right? No, we can't come in any way we want to come. He still set the expectations for how I can come to the table, how he wants me to come to the table. And what's the, there's two expectations. One is I've got to be a believer. Because it's for believers. And second, I can't come in an unworthy manner. 
Meaning, I, he wants me to be responsible for examining myself before I partake of the elements. That's my responsibility. I have to have initiative in that. Divine action. The table, human initiative, examine yourself before you come. Both working together, even in the Lord's table. And so what we're going to do now, we're going to go in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts before we take the elements.